Scoot Henderson gets all the press and all the attention for the G League Ignite. But in this episode, I'm going to share my thoughts on a few players that have caught my attention that I believe could be drafted in 2023 who are suiting up for the G League Ignite. Stay tuned. hope everybody had a merry merry and happy christmas i know for me me and my family were we were quarantined due to covid but everybody's doing fine i feel like i'm 100 percent. my son is is back to normal so we're at the tail end of our of our quarantine but overall it was still a a good christmas despite the circumstances at the end of the day christmas and the holidays are all about family it's not necessarily all about gifts but just spending time with your family. And I've just had the opportunity to watch movies with my wife and my son. So I'm very, very, very thankful for that. All right. Before I get into this episode, I want to talk to you about Prize Picks because Prize Picks is the sponsor episode for today. And first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked on all right so as i mentioned in the opening this episode is about the g league ignite scoot henderson gets all the love and all the attention rightfully so he is going to be the second pick in the 2023 nba draft don't really think that there's anybody that has done enough to surpass him and despite the fact that he has missed some time with uh, with injury, I think the signs and, and progression that he's shown through six games is, is enough to solidify himself as, as the number two pick. He's averaging 21 points, six assists, four rebounds. The 48% from the floor is good, but the 47% from three on a decent number of attempts is that has been the, the biggest sign for me. And then um, shooting 70% from the foul line, I like to, to get that up. And so even though the sample size is a little bit small, and I so I'll even include like the two games, or really the game in a quarter against the um, the Metropolitans with the showcase with Victor Wimbayama, I've included that in some of the stats and in my assessment. But if you're not familiar with Scoot Henderson, he is a really, really good athlete. But the, the most impressive thing about him and his athleticism is that he has such a good pace and poise to his game. Like he plays like with the maturity beyond his years. A lot of guys that are really good athletes, especially at the point guard position, just have one speed and their game is just strictly based off of athleticism and being explosive. He knows how to control it. He knows how to change directions. I mean, he has the, the burst to beat guys off the dribble. But his game is just very, very mature and not fully based off of athleticism, which I think way down the line, I mean way down the line, 10, 12 years, once the athleticism starts to fade a little bit, I think he's still going to be really, really effective because he just is is so smooth. Um, One of my favorite things about him is he has very large hands, very large hands, which allows him to just do different things that you can't do with, with small hands. You know, like the live one dribble passes, like he can like pick up a one dribble pass and really has full control to whip a pass across the court. And then there's some some advantages finishing on the, around the rim with with large hands. 
I like his handle. I think he has a pretty good handle as far as just being able to get to where he wants to get to on the floor. Very difficult to stop him from getting to his spots. And then he has the burst and the change of pace. So all the things that I really, really like out of a point guard. And he's very confident. Like, he's one of the guys that if you walked into a gym and you didn't know anything about the scouting reports, didn't know anything about anybody, you just walk into the gym and if you see him bring the ball up court, just his overall demeanor, you would say, okay, that's the best player on the floor, just the way he carries himself. And then eventually you'll you'll see once the game gets started that he is the best player. But he is someone that just carries himself like a pro. I love his approach to the game. Now let's get into some, some stats here. So he's shooting 44% off the dribble. That's kind of like his bread and butter, which it was last year. Very advanced pull-up shooter. Like I said, gets to a spot, gets to the free throw line, and I think that's going to be a tremendous asset at the NBA level as a pick-and-roll ball handler. And then the, the improvement on the jump shot has been very, very promising. I mean, last year, and, and I think it was more so due to just the adjustment. Like He went from the high school line to the NBA three-point line, and the shooting percentages weren't there. I think he shot in like the low 20s from three, and he's up to like 47%. This year, again, six games, but overall he's shooting 44% on jump shots overall. So he has put in the time and the effort to improve his jump shot. And everything that I've heard about him and his work ethic, this is pretty consistent because, I mean, they just, from what I've been told, he's just a hard worker, super focused, and even to the point where, and I've heard from multiple people, he still believes that he should be the number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And for a guy like myself that loves, like, openly confident guys, that that really stood out to me. All right, so here's a few things from my film studies that I've that I've noticed that I would like to see some improvements on as we uh, get into the second half of the season. He does have this tendency to pick up his dribble in traffic. Doesn't happen a lot, but there's been quite a few possessions where I saw where he picked up his dribble, where he was a little bit indecisive on where to go. And then for whatever reasons, it's weird. He is making less than 50% of his attempts in transition. He's only shooting 43% in transition. And it's not like he's shooting a lot of transition threes. So I find that very interesting. Only shooting 30% in isolation. I, I would think that isolation would be one of his greatest strengths because he's such a, a gifted scorer with, the handle and creativity and he is able to get to his spots not a crazy amount of temps but I would like to see him a little bit more efficient in isolation but then again you know this is 2022 it's not 1992 where isolation was such a heavy I mean just such a big part of NBA basketball and then this is the most concerning uh, he's only shooting 54% at the rim. And he didn't shoot a great percentage at the rim last year. I can't necessarily figure out why. Maybe it's the spacing. Maybe um, the only thing I can really think about is, is, is the spacing. I think that he has the tools to be a dynamic finisher around the rim. And this is like, eh, it's only six games. But between last season and this season, the finishing numbers at the rim, I, I think, should be a little bit higher. Now, for Scoot, Best case scenario, in my opinion, the best case scenario for him would be for like San Antonio, Washington, Utah, 
maybe even Houston. One of those teams gets the number two pick. Now, you may say Houston, and for me, I'm not the biggest Kevin Porter Jr. fan at point guard. I actually like how this experience with Houston and this whole reshuffling or whatever has given him the opportunity to play a lot with the ball in his hands. I think it's going to make him a better secondary playmaker. But as far as him being like the point guard of the future, even though the numbers look good and, and so on, but as far as him being like the table setter of the future for the Rockets, um, I just don't think that that is the best role for, for the team. Maybe the best role for him, but long-term for the team, I don't think that's the best role. So I would like to see Scoot in in Houston. So that would be pretty – I mean, that would be a dynamic backcourt with Scoot, Jalen Green, and Kevin Porter Jr., with all the athletes that they have there. And I think that Scoot would probably be able to get a little bit more out of, out of Jabari Smith. But outside of Houston, I think that San Antonio is a – this is a good fit. He'd be able to come in from day one, be their guy. Same thing with Washington, be their guy at day one. Utah, um, you know, they'd probably start Conley the first couple games, whatever. If Conley's back, I don't know the, the contract situation off the top of my head. But Conley would be the perfect guy to groom him and just kind of be a vet for him. He's been fortunate to have Pujetter and some of the other guys that are on the Ignite to, to – um, you know, basically just kind of show him the ropes and all that. I think, like I said, I've already heard that he's super mature for his age as is. But having a guy like Conley as your as your vet would be tremendous for, for Scoot Henderson. All right. I talked about Scoot this dang whole first segment. All right. When we return, I want to talk about Leonard Miller, who I believe the G League Ignite has done the most for him. There's some guys that that the Ignite, that they were already really good and the Ignite did a little bit for, but I think the Ignite has done a lot for Leonard Miller. And after I talk to you about prize picks, we'll talk about Leonard Miller, but let's just go ahead and talk about prize picks right now. For those of you who have no idea what prize picks is, let me tell you, you pick two to six players and you decide if they will score more or less than their prize picks projection. And you can win up to 25% of your money or 25% times your money on any entry. There is no competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you watch. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, eSports. I mean, they even have men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, tennis, you name it. And the injuries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. There are safe and there are fast withdrawals. It is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 100 bucks. If you deposit 50 bucks, Prize Picks will give you 50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, big big shout out, big big thanks to you. You, yes, you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast the first listen of the day. Now make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast because it is the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. 
Plus, you get instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today. It is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, once again, this is Rafael Barlow, your host, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And the founder of NBA Draft Junkies. I guess I forgot to mention that in the opening if you are a first-time listener. But if you're familiar with me, then you know my name. And you know my game is to talk about the NBA Draft. All right, and the next player that I want to talk about is Leonard Miller. So my first time seeing Leonard Miller was at... My first time seeing him in person was at the Combine last year. I had a little bit of... um, I guess I a little bit of familiarity, if that's a word. I was a little familiar with this game prior to the combine. I watched some of his his footage, grainy footage. If you've seen like some Leonard Miller footage from last year, he was playing in this gym. It looked like a rec center that has it's just a big window in the background where you can see like the cars pulling up and you can see people walking in. And the footage wasn't the best. I mean, it just really looked like. You know, like a, a guy that was at the wreck <laughs> and uh, somebody filmed it with an iPad or something like that. Couldn't help but just see how this guy was 6'10 and just getting the rebounds and just gliding down the court. Showed some flashes of just being able to make plays for others. I mean, he was just by far dominant on on video compared to the players that he was playing against. Then I watched him at the combine, and he looks—he looked absolutely lost. He looked like a guy that just was way out of place. He was the youngest guy there, and he looked like the youngest guy there. I remember telling um, somebody that when I got to Chicago, my um, the cab dropped me off at the uh, at the hotel where everything was 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 taking place at. I was next to the arena, and on my way. I saw Leonard Miller just wandering down the the street. I think he was just like looking for food. I mean, just so innocent, looking for food. And I mean, he had like his his combine. Uh, I don't know if it's like the shirt on, but he had the credential on and so on. I mean, he just looked so harmless and, and innocent. And um, and that's when I knew, like, okay, this guy is really really young. And then when he was playing. He just looked like a fish out of water in a sense. The game was too fast for him. It looked like it was his first time playing against guys that were that big, strong, and athletic as he was. He made a few passes here and there. You'd be like, okay, you know what? This this kid has, has something. But other than that, I mean, I thought that the experience for him at the combine was good because it showed how far he needed to, to, um, to go to, to be an NBA player. And this year, he's looking like an NBA player. I mean, the improvements he's made is a big testament to to just the G League in itself. You know, I think that's what the G League is supposed to be about, developing guys and preparing them for the NBA. And I think that they've done an excellent, excellent job with Leonard Miller. And because you have to like the size. He's 6'10", has this good combination of size, strength, and skill level. Not like this overly explosive athlete, but he is a fluid athlete. He is a good athlete. And if you look at the numbers, he's leading the team in total points, rebounds, and steals. 
I think he's only played in 16 of their 20 games or something like that. Um, but I know he hasn't played in every game, but he's been there, 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 like I said, leading the team in points, rebounds, and steals. Now, the majority of his points are in transition. That is where he is at his best as a guy that can get the rebound and push it up floor, whether it's create offense for himself in the open court or for teammates. He is at his best when he is playing with freedom and in a, you know, just in the open court. Another thing that has really stood out to me about Leonard Miller is that he has a nose for the basketball. He is pretty good at just getting offensive rebounds, and he's not afraid to to muck it up and do the dirty work. Um, that was very evident, and I know it was probably an embarrassing situation, um, but at the, at the Ignite versus uh, Metropolitan's game, basically the Scoot and Wimbayama showcase, he was on the receiving end of a nasty dunk by Victor Wimbayama. I mean, I know it was embarrassing, but what stood out to me was that this guy is not afraid to 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 try to block a shot. He He's not finesse as far as, like, you know, looking to avoid contact. I mean, he just goes out there and he plays hard, and that's one of the things that I really, really like about him. Now, as far as, like, the numbers, he's shooting 65% at the rim, which is pretty impressive. Um, 80% at the foul line. I'll get to that a little bit later, but the I, I believe in the shooting touch. And then as far as shooting off the dribble, he is shooting 45% on jumpers off the dribble, which I think is really good. And then as far as like cutting to the rim, he's making 73% of his cuts. Now, a play that has really, really stood out to me and made me a believer in Leonard Miller was – there's a game against Salt Lake, and they were, I think they were down one. And I want to say it was like seven seconds left. Um, they inbounded the ball to Miller. I think Scoot was taking it out, and they had two guys on Scoot. And they ended up inbounding the ball to Miller. He caught it at about the free throw line, drove all the way down to the opposite free throw line, and just comfortably sank a pull-up jumper off the dribble. One, the confidence in the clutch is something that that caught my attention and the fact that he hit it. And so it, it just showed me that this is a guy that's not necessarily afraid of the moment. He wanted the ball in the clutch situation, and he shot it confidently, wasn't looking to pass, and he made a jumper that put the team up by one with four seconds left. And unfortunately, they ended up losing the game, but I, I was impressed with, with that sequence right there. And I love how the Ignite and their coaching staff and 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 just everyone that's involved with the team has done a good job, of course, developing him, but trusting him with the ball in his hands has given him some ball handling duties, which they've been able to spread the ball around a lot. Now, here is the bad. He's still raw. There are still some times where he looks like he's an 18-year-old that is playing against guys that are just uh, another level above him. The turnovers and decision making has, um, you know, I'll just say that it definitely needs to improve. He has 35 turnovers and only 26 assists. Overall, from the the field, he's only shooting 34% on jump shots. I think that definitely needs to improve. There's still some very raw looking and ugly possessions where you can tell that the advantages that he had as 
you know, the advantages that he was able to create and use against smaller players and players his age aren't there. So at least him kind of picking up his dribble, just has some funny looking possessions. And then um, as far as back to the jump shot, he's at his best when he's shooting off the dribble. And when you watch like his high school film, you see he always had the ball in his hands. So I think the biggest step for him next is becoming a more efficient shooter off the catch. He's only shooting 28% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. And I still believe that he can be an effective shooter because he's a good foul shooter. The touch is there. The, the form is, is kind of funky looking. But I think that it, it goes in enough as far as like from the free throw line and as a pull-up shooter that I think he's going to be totally fine as a shooter. So I am a big believer in Leonard Miller. I would take – I would spend the first-round pick on him. Now, my best-case scenario for him overall as a player is like this connective tissue that can initiate the offense when needed, can get a rebound and, and – and kind of play like how Draymond does on the rebounds, where he'll get the rebound, he'll push it up, and then let the point guard run the offense from there, or just kind of, you know, just be a connective initiator. Um, what I really, really would like to see is him become like this really devastating post-up player. I think that would open his game up, and I'm, I'm a big fan of post-play, but I think if he was a... A, a major scoring threat in the post, it will open everything up, especially when teams like to switch. And with him in the post, because he has the passing instincts and, and feel as a passer, I think he can make teams pay for for double teaming, double teaming him. And like I mentioned earlier, he's not afraid to mix it up and, you know, play physical and, and, and be around the basket. So I think there's some upside for him as a you know, a post-up hub, a guy that, like I said, finds cutters, finds shooters, and can uh, use his size to his advantage against smaller defenders. So I would love to see him add a little bit of, of a post-game. But overall, as far as the shooting, like I said, good free throw shooter. So I do think that there is promise for him as a floor spacer. All right. When we return, I'll talk about a few of the other guys that have caught my attention. But let's talk about BetOnline because BetOnline is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. It is the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, once again, it's Rafael Barlow going through a few of the guys in the G League Ignite that I think have uh, you know done well for themselves this year. All right, the next one that I want to talk about is Mojave King. Now I was familiar with Mojave I've kind of been paying attention to him for maybe the past I'd say maybe the past three years I, I want to say in 2020 or well, there was nothing going on in 2020 so I watched a lot of film but uh, he was a guy that I kept close tabs on and I just read some of my notes for him from um, you know the past I thought that he was a good spot-up shooter with an effortless stroke quick release does a good job of getting open and relocating. Can shoot on the move. Has good positional size. Good athlete in the open floor. Um, not 
a super explosive athlete from a standstill, but shows that he can get up, especially when he has a runway. He has some upside as a ball handler, transition scorer. And then my concerns were I thought that he could become a little bit better passer, and he turned the ball over more. He had more turnovers than assists in the league that I saw. And then I thought that he – should look to add a little bit more game as far as being a scorer as a pick-and-roll ball handler. So those are my notes on Mojave King coming in to the season. And I feel like this year that he has shown a, a little bit of improvement in all of those areas. He is second on the team in points scored. And I love the fact that, like Leonard Miller, the Ignite have put him in some ball handling situations. And he's shown that he can score – just in different spots all over the floor. I've seen him shoot off the dribble. I've seen him shoot on the move. I've seen him um, score as a pick-and-roll ball handler. He's not a he's a good passer, but more so of a ball mover, not necessarily a guy that's going to be a playmaker. But overall, I've been impressed with what Mojave King has done for the Ignite this year. Um, he had a very big game. Against the Metropolitans, I was there for that. And I think that he has done enough to put his name on on the, the radar. I mean, well, that's a dumb statement. He, he has already been on the radar. But I do think that there is a chance that he could be one of the top 40 guys drafted. Now, as far as, like, where he's getting his offense, it's just all over the place. He's a, you know, he's used as a spot of shooter. They've used him as a pick-and-roll ball handler. They've used him coming off screens. And the numbers have been, they've been okay. The shooting numbers have been good. Overall, he's shooting 40% from the floor based off of the numbers that I have. Now, G League stats can be a little bit interesting, especially last year there was, like, this confusion with the games that counted, the games that didn't count. I talked to a few, like, parents and agents of players that were, uh, that represented players last year, and they were all, first thing they all said, uh, the stats are wrong, the stats are wrong. If you... Add these games in, you know. And so with, with this year, the stats are a little bit better. But based off the numbers that I have, he's shooting 40% from the floor, which is not great. But from the the perspective of his role as a shooter in the NBA, I think that those numbers have been pretty promising. Shooting 40% on jump shots, 41% on catch-and-shoot opportunities. When he's left unguarded, he's shooting 48% off the catch. And shooting off the dribble, he's been pretty good. Shooting 37% off the dribble. Um, here's where he struggles. At the rim. He's only making 44% of his shots at the rim. Only shooting 34% on layups. That is very interesting. 34% on layups. So when you look at the numbers, at the rim, 44%. Now, he has 11 dunks this year. He's 11 for 11 on dunks. But you take away the dunks, he is at 34% on Layups. That is an area that is very, very, very concerning. But I do think that his role in the NBA will be as a shooter, a guy that comes off screens, that can move the ball. I don't necessarily think that he'll be someone that will get a lot of touches in pick and roll. I think it's good that he's getting an opportunity to to develop that skill set in uh, the G League, but overall I just see him as a NBA player that that does most of his damage off the catch. All right, the next player I want to talk about is F.A. Abogjadi. Hopefully I said that right. I've heard so many different pronunciations. 
Now, my notes on him coming into the season, and he played at Washington State last year, was he is an explosive athlete with vertical pop. He's quick off the floor, pogo stick hops, plays around the rim, crashes the offensive glass, snags rebounds out of his area, has this uncanny ability to grab one-handed rebounds, hustle guy, brings energy and effort, shows some flashes of passing instincts, but has a defined role as a rim runner, roller, strong finisher on the rim, looks to dunk everything in traffic, has the potential to extend his range, a pretty solid foul shooter, the concerns or weaknesses where he was raw and unpolished as a low post score, poor footwork, prone to wild possessions, doesn't read double teams well, his processing speed is a little bit off, lacks touch around the rim, has a tendency to just play too fast, doesn't really have poison pace to his game, doesn't really space the floor, but there is some potential there. Doesn't always sprint the floor in transition. There are plays where you think that he could um, do a better job of, of sprinting and be more of an effective score in transition. Lacks a face-up game, not really a threat to put the ball on the floor. Needs to be a threat to a, attack out of fake dribble handoffs and off-the-ball cutting. So I have pretty extensive notes on F.A. coming into the season. Now, as far as what he has done this season, he has stuck to his strengths. Um, Deion Sanders didn't make up the quote, but one of his favorite quotes is, keep the main thing, the main thing. Well, Deion says the main thing, the main thing. And that is what he has done. He has done most of his damage. 25% of his scoring has been as the pick and roll man where he's shooting about 62%. He's getting a lot of points on offensive rebound putback, shooting 70% there. And the cutting where I thought that he should have been a better cutter, maybe it was just a system at Washington State, but he's actually um, cutting a lot more off the ball this year. And then here's the, you know, when I talked about the transition, I thought he should score more in transition. Um, he has only 24 points this season in transition which i just think with his athleticism and the speed that he should just be a i mean just a guy that just really thrives in transition but overall he's just done what i've expected him to do he's shown the athleticism he's shown that he is an energy guy but the big thing that is promising for him is a jump shot he's shooting 12 for 27 on jump shots overall which is 44 percent he is four for five on on jumpers off the dribble, which you know, I'm not saying that's going to be his game, but that is pretty promising. Um, still has a ways to go as a shooter, but he is showing that he's trending in the right direction. Now he's shooting seventy percent at the rim with twenty nine dunks, and like I said, you got to keep the main thing the main thing, and that is exactly what he has done. Um, but yeah, at the rim, he is 48 for 69. So just love the, the effort and the energy. Still raw, but I think that he has a defined role in the NBA as an, as an energy guy that just comes in and can make effort plays and maybe change a game or two with just his energy and effort. But the big thing is the jump shot. Has, he has shown some promise as a jump shooter. Not as a three-point shooter. I think he's about 23% from there. But inside the three-point line, he has been, I want to say he's made like nine out of 14, which is which is pretty good. So I am 
impressed with um, not, not the volume, but overall just how he's been able to shoot. All right, the last player that I want to talk about is City Sissoko. City is a guy that I thought, if he had a strong season, could end up showing an, enough potential where he could be a first-round pick. I don't think that has been the case so far. Still young, only 18 years old. He may need a little bit more time because he is still a little raw, but he just has the, the tools that you like. He is a big wing playmaker, a natural playmaker. That is his his natural position is playing with the ball in his hands. And um, he's shown some flashes here and there. Still a little bit raw. I mean, he's making the jump from basically second division in Spain, even though he's French, but second division in, Sp in Spain to playing in in the G League. So I think that th that is a significant, significant jump. But overall, I think that he is still... Still a little raw, but he's shown enough flashes to where you, you have to think that he is going to be an NBA player at some point. Again, he is 6'5", strong frame, um, just just great frame, and very fluid with the ball. And let me get to my notes about City coming in to the season. All right, so uh, I had him listed at 6'7 coming into the season. I, I don't know what the official height for him is in, in the G League. I've seen 6'5", I've seen 6'6", I've seen 6'8", <laughs> um, but I had him at 6'7". And so my notes for, for City coming into the season was his athletic slashing wing with point forward potential. Good size and athleticism, NBA frame, strong lower body, fluid and agile, good feel for the game. He's poised and patient at pick and roll. He's a good ball handler that is comfortable playing out of ball screens. Effective transition finisher, good passer and playmaker. Loves to pass the ball ahead in transition with good passing instincts and court vision. Can make live dribble reads. Likes to post up smaller defenders and has a really high upside as a defender at, with active hands. I thought that he had promise as a shot creator with some scoring instincts and has this, this potential to be a, a decent pull-up shooter, rebound and run threat. Very unselfish, but has some toughness and feistiness to him and can get downhill with his long strides to the rim. And then my concerns were... Um, the shooting consistency, his outside shot, he's an inefficient scorer. He needs to tighten up his hands a little bit, even though he's a pretty good ball handler, but he can just, you know, do some things to tighten it up. I thought that he was uh, prone to taking wild shots and settles for too many threes, falls in love with the three, and he had more turnovers than assists last year playing in second division Spain, right? So coming into this season, I, I had pretty extensive notes on, on City. And this year, I'd say that he's been just okay. Um, again, you have to like the size and the strength and fluidity and the passing. But he's still raw. The jump shot is still a work in progress. Only shooting 28% on jumpers. is struggling off the catch. Uh, actually, yeah, struggling. Well, I wouldn't say struggling, but just off the catch is something that you know it's still uh, it's still a work in progress. Which he's only 18 years old, so there is going to be plenty of things that he'll need to improve in and work on. But the numbers have, like I said, they've just been okay. 
He does have more assists and turnovers, which is good because last year it was the total opposite. And so he has improved as the decision maker. So I think he's been good in, in that regard. I don't know if he's going to get drafted this year. Which is totally fine. I mean, not everybody's going to be one and done and drafted at 18. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens next because the, the efficiency hasn't really been there. Um, he's struggling as a pick-and-roll ball handler score, only shooting 27% there. In spot-up situations, he's been pretty good. Um, as far as, like, breaking down his shot types, he's only shooting 37% from the floor overall and 28% on jump shots. But in catch-and-shoot situations, which is kind of surprising to me, and he has he's shot he's shooting forty percent on catch and shoot situations. So off the catch he's been good. Off the dribble, which is something that he really loves to shoot off the dribble, he is only shooting nineteen percent off the dribble, and he is nine for forty six. And then this is the part that is really interesting to me, is that. He shoots a lot of threes off the dribble. He loves shooting step back threes off the dribble, which to me is like the hardest shot to master. And and for him, he feels like this is a major part of his scoring arsenal. He's only six for 28, which is 21%. And if he is going to be like a pick and roll ball handler, I would much rather see him look to get downhill and use his size and strength to be aggressive at attacking the rim as opposed to when he gets a ball screen settling for a off the dribble step back jumper so that is my biggest concern for city like i said i don't know if he gets drafted this year but i do think that he will be a, a good candidate for 2024 all right well that wraps up this episode thank you for tuning in and listening to me talk about the g league ignite and once again thank you for making the lockdown nba big board podcast your first listen of the day now for your second listen peter bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes get analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders locked on sports today podcast available on youtube or wherever you get your podcast once again it's rafael barlow and i am out.